I'm Pastor Norm, uh, the lead pastor here at The Hope, and I'd like to welcome you to The Hope. If you haven't already met me, welcome. And it's great to have all of our regular folk here, the ladies from uh, Bear River. We always love seeing you here. We wouldn't be the same without you. Let's just say that. And uh, it's an honor to have all of you here today. So today, the title of this message, and it's simple, Come Holy Spirit. Subtitle, You Are Welcome Here. Truth, isn't it? What can we accomplish without God's Spirit? Nothing. And today, I just want to kind of dive into this a little bit. How many of you have been excited about all the news from Asbury University? Did you know that other colleges are starting to experience the very same thing? One of our very own, my alma mater, North Point College in Grand Rapids. Yeah, it, it started last week, and every day it's been growing, and the, the church actually opened up their, uh, what do they call it, their chapel, I guess it is. It's a bigger room, and students are just flooding in, and, and adults. You know, this thing isn't generational. It's all people. How many know God is moving? Yeah. Hallelujah. And I just wanted to add that it seems that this, this whatever we want to call it, move of God, revival, whatever, this wave of the Holy Spirit, it's starting with our students, but it's not ending with them. People are, like in... Uh, Asbury, they're coming from all over the place. Adults are taking their kids, they're going together, their relationships are being healed. People are experiencing the peace of God like never before. And it seems to come from their lingering, everybody say lingering, they're lingering in the Spirit as they pray, as they praise, as they give God their hearts. That's all God wants from us. We can do all the other things, but if we haven't given Him our heart, we have failed. But if we give Him our heart, all the other things don't matter. And that's what the Lord wants from you and me today. I'm equally excited about what God has been doing in the local churches. I believe that there is a wave of the Holy Spirit hitting uh, the local church. I, I am in communication with several other lead pastors, and as I listen to their hearts, I hear God's moving, and it's a genuine move. It's not, it's not man-made, okay? And you can tell the difference. How do you tell the difference? Who said that? Yes, Francine, by the fruit. Do you see the, the, the fruit of the Spirit exhibited? The love, joy, peace, patience, etc.? Are people getting along? You know, in a church, and I know this might sound funny, but a lot of churches don't get along. That's sad, isn't it? It's kind of an indictment against those churches because without the unity, the Spirit of the Lord isn't going to be there. But where there is unity, God blesses them. And I believe we have that going for us right now. I believe we have benefited from His Spirit joining us. And it's different every week. How many know that, that that's just God? He doesn't do things the same every week. He's not a boring God. Our Heavenly Father, He, he wants us to know that He's also creative. He created everything in the universe. He created us. Look at the differences in this room. Just look at the difference between Dave and me. Stand up, brother. <laughs> the bearded one. The uh, <clears throat> Nephilim. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> oh, God is creative. And when you see a move of the Lord, you can't predict it. He is unpredictable. When we think we figured it out, he changes it up. Why? Because 
He is the only one who should get the glory. And if we can predict it, then we can start saying, oh, look what I did. Uh, I'm in agreement with you. So, my main verse today is found in 2 Corinthians. And, and I'm going to read the verse before it just to give it context, but I'm sticking with verse 17. Here it is. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. That's what, this, this, that's what Paul starts with. What does that mean? The veil is taken away. There's nothing between us anymore. Before Jesus was hung on the cross, before He died, we could not go directly to our Heavenly Father. But, because Jesus sacrificed Himself and became the sacrifice for all, His blood covers all the sin of man, those who accept Him, those who pray that prayer of faith and continually live for Him the remainder of their time on earth, those people, the veil has been lifted so that they can see heavenly things. In other words, God takes the blinders off. What are the people who aren't saved? How does the Bible describe them? They're blind. They can't understand the things of God because... They've got these blinders on. But when you come to Christ, Jesus miraculously opens your eyes, your your heart, your spirit man. You begin to see things as God sees them. And you even begin to feel troubled in your spirit when you see sinful things going on all around you. How many can say amen? amen? That's not coincidence. It's because you can see. God has removed the veil. That's good news. And what does that lead to? Verse 17, read it with me. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Hallelujah! We should all be able to get excited about this. Paul was talking about the freedom that comes naturally to those who are touched by the Spirit of the living God. And that's us, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord. They're not only freed from sin and death, but they're freed from guilt and worry. How many of us are weighed down by that? You shouldn't be. You have been set free. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. John 8, 36. There's an overwhelming peace that comes to the people of God who linger in His presence. And that's one of the attributes that I've heard these people at Asbury uh, University are experiencing. Did you know that this age group in the 20-ish something, those who are in college right now, that those kids, this is is something that I just read recently, they're known for high anxiety. You think it's, it's a coincidence that one of the things God's releasing into the hearts of these young people is peace? Amen. No. He knows what they need. And they, they come to Him in droves. They tell their friends, man, if you want to experience peace, come on. you got to come over and see what this is like. I think they've opened up three or four other buildings to accommodate all the people. This is just the start of what God is doing in His church today. How many want to be a part of that? It seems, as with some of our campuses, that when the environment is right, God's people experience what the Old Testament called the Shekinah glory. And I know some of you ladies over here are very familiar with it. And some over here. And maybe some of you in the middle. The Shekinah glory. What is that, Pastor? (laughs) That's when the presence of the Lord is so thick. Say thick. It comes on God's people like like a holy cloud. 
Do you remember, I don't know if you were there, you probably were, yeah, you guys started at the Hope in the 90s, early 90s, or late 80s. And we were in this, this uh, the, the auditorium seated, I think, 3,200 at the time. And I remember one night, we had a beautiful evening service, and, and the spirit was just felt. I mean, it was so cool. And I looked up, and now I'm seeing like a haze right now, but that's from my glasses. But <laughs> you could literally see it looked like fog coming down. And I'm telling you, it, it, you felt it. It was the Spirit of God in that place. And He was so strong that everybody was going, can you feel that? God is with us. I want to see that here. Let me go a little further. The word Shekinah is a Hebrew word that describes the place where God is said to settle in or dwell with. God settles in or He dwells with His people. In Aramaic, and I love this, it represents a nest where a bird would nurture its young. You've probably seen pictures of the mother bird keeping them warm at night, feeding them during the day. That's the idea of God, His presence being with His people. Is that he, His glory, when it comes on us, He feeds us. Spiritually speaking, there's a, an air of exuberance. There's a pure joy that people feel. Are you with me? And I think that when this happens, and, and this is my personal experience, it's as though God is giving us just this little teeny glimpse of what heaven is going to be like. I'm sure it pales in comparison to the real heaven. And that's why we should get so excited, because if just that little glimpse does that to us, what do you think living in heaven is going to be like? Can you get excited? I sense that the Lord wants to do something supernatural in northern Michigan, as well as across the globe. Perhaps even at the Hope. And I, I, I say that because I don't ever want to think, I've got this figured out. But I, I believe from what I've been hearing in the Spirit from people who have prophesied that God is doing something here at the Hope. And it's of supernatural nature. Now, how are we going to know? You already said it. The fruit. You'll see fruit. People will be getting saved. People will be getting healed, etc., etc. That's what happens when God shows up. I alluded to this in the past couple of messages, but I asked the question, are we so hungry that we're willing to do whatever it takes to see a genuine move of God. Look at your neighbor and say, are you hungry? Are you hungry? You know, we, we can come in here week after week and get our little, little thimble filled. Or we can come in next week with a five-gallon bucket. Fill it up, Lord! How hungry are you? Well, just give me an olive. I'll settle for an hors d'oeuvre. Uh-uh, man. I know Dave feels this way. I want a steak. And I'm speaking spiritually. I want a meal. I don't want to walk out of here going, I know God had more for me, but, you know, I, was, I just settled for it. Isn't that sad? How many settle? For whatever reason. Well, maybe there's something in your life that you're not letting go. So you settle. Or maybe you just don't want to do the work. What? I got to read my Bible? Ah, that's for the preacher. No, it ain't. It's for all of us. The manna, the word of God, the logos, he feeds us. He feeds your spirit. You're starving if you're not reading your Bible. 
Are we willing to do the work necessary to see God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven? I recently shared about how we must be ready for the hard work of raising babies in the Lord. And then we went a little further and explained what that meant. You know what it means, right? Babies are messy. We talked about that. I like to call those babies newbies. And my question to you today is this, as your pastor, are we, oh, I skipped one. Are we ready? And then specifically, are you ready? Because it takes all of us. It takes a village to raise babies. A little bit of our story. Soon after Barb and I were born again in 1981, we landed at Mount Hope Church. And I've said this before, but when we walked in the door, we heard a voice saying, Welcome home, son. Welcome home, daughter. The old church was on West St. Joe, Lansing, Michigan, and they were running right around 200 people, so similar to what we are today, give or take a few. Now, we were both newbies. We knew of God, but we didn't know Him. We were still learning. We needed to mature in the Lord. And we listened to whatever those people told us. You know, those who we thought were higher up in the church, we listened to them, and most of the time they gave us great advice. You know, there were a handful that maybe were misled a little bit, a little bit of bondage. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. You know, getting strict with us, and I'll never forget, we were tithing, and it was a good thing, we were tithing from our net. (laughs) You know what that means, right? After taxes after everything's taken out. And Barb and I were like, hey, we're tithers, ooh. And then one of the brothers came to us, and and, and he said it in kind of a snide way, you know, but he just wanted us to get the idea that, well, if you're really faith, if you really have faith, then you'd be tithing off your gross. And I just looked at him like, huh, really? That's a lot. I worked at General Motors. That was a lot. Because Uncle Sam took a lot. lot. (laughs) And I was just tithing off of the net after taxes. And and it's like, huh. (laughs) Well, we started doing it. You know, the guy was right, but he could have put it in different ways. He could have been nice about it. Well, if you really had faith... At the time, we didn't realize it, but there were many other newbies who had just started coming to the Hope, or Mount Hope at the time. They were getting saved, and then they were trying to figure out what to do with this new relationship with Jesus. How many know we all go through that, right? You get born again, and then you're like, now what? (laughs) You know that's what church is supposed to help with? That's why we have local churches? It isn't just so we can take the money and live high on the hog. That was a joke. <laughs> and by the way, let me just, because I don't say this often, but just I was thinking about it earlier. Uh, you guys, you probably don't see us put things in the offering, but first of all, we tithe to our district. As ministers, we have to send our tithe. We get to send our tithe to the assemblies of God so they get our tithe. So they make sure we're tithing, trust me. And then we also give offerings to this church, but we do it online. So you don't see us putting things in very often. I just wanted you to know we're faithful givers. We're faithful givers. We believe in this. And I just wanted to point that out before I went forward. When all of these newbies showed up in this church, something happened All of a sudden, the pastor realized, I can't do this myself. And this is where the the cry went out, all hands on deck. All hands on deck. And the Lord, at that time, led Pastor Dave to start training his people. And he began by preaching really simple messages. When you read 
some of the things that Jesus shared, they weren't this deep scholarly thing. People could understand what he was saying. They were able to take the words of Jesus and apply them to their lives. That's why he used illustrations that were common to them. Today it's a little different because most of us don't raise animals and we're not farmers. But back then it just made sense. We need to preach simple messages that people can apply to their lives. And that's what Pastor Dave did. And then, then the Holy Spirit showed him, you need to start training up leaders. And he developed this, what I'm going to call a curriculum, for lack of a better word. And he called it pace-setting leadership. And we are actually going to be offering this again to you in the very near future. And you might say, well, I've been through that. When? How long ago? Because as Pastor Barb has gone through this with several of you recently, she said, you know what? I've gone through this thing probably 30 times lately. And every time I get something new out of it. Because it's scriptural. Because it's truth. And you'll get something out of it if you take this course that we're going to offer in the near future. Hallelujah. This is where things got interesting at the Hope. The newbies who were given a little bit of freedom, everybody say freedom, started applying the pastor's messages and reading their Bibles. I hope that's you. Everybody's so quiet. Come on. Then they started gathering, and and this is where I'm going to lose some of you probably. They started gathering for times of prayer, seeking the Lord and lingering in His presence. Some during the day, others late at night. Men and women, young people, they were all so hungry for the Lord. And at the time, I was working uh, afternoon shift, and we got out at 11.30 at night. And there were some other guys that worked at Fisher Body. I worked at Oldsmobile. And we would all get together at the church at about 1 o'clock in the morning and start to pray. Men, younger guys. I was, I was in my uh, late 20s, early 30s. And you know what? The Lord showed up. We had different denominations. One of the brothers was from the Free Methodist. Another was from a Lutheran church. Another from a Nazarene church. (gasps) And you could feel the presence of the Lord when we came together. We went after God with all our hearts, minds, souls, and bodies. And then the miracles came. People started getting saved by the busload. In my opinion, that was the biggest miracle. When you can change somebody from the inside out, that's miraculous. Somebody that was a sinner, now they're free, that's a miracle. People were also getting healed of sickness and disease, even birth defects, and so much more. The presence of the Lord was so thick, and I I already kind of alluded to this, but it was tangible. It came down and it covered us in our services. And word got out that something new, something supernatural was happening at Mount Hope Church. Why am I sharing this story with you? Because the Lord is no respecter of people. There was nothing magical about God moving amongst that people back in the 80s at Mount Hope Church. I feel the reason that, and I was a part of this, I feel the reason that we experienced God's presence was because we had created an environment that fostered the Holy Spirit. And listen to this part. Miracles are a supernatural outflow of the presence of God. Say that with me. Miracles are a supernatural outflow of the presence of God. Wherever God shows up, you're going to see miracles. 
It's just a given, and that's what we experienced. By the way, not only did we have miracles, but the, the congregation grew to the point where we had to have five services a day just to house everybody, just to get them. And even then, some of them didn't make it. Of course, we didn't have live stream back then. Yeah, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> and this growth happened over a few months. And a few years went on. And it tripled again. And we were up over 2,000 people. That's when we had to build the new building on Christ's Road. God's favor was on us. The presence of the Lord was there. And people came from all over to experience that. We've got something here. Hallelujah. I hope that you all agree that when we come together as a body of believers, our primary purpose is to give God the glory. Right? With our living, with the church, with everything we do. You should see people getting saved. If it's just the presence of the Lord, and forgive me, I'm stepping on some toes, but if, if the only thing you accomplish is hey, we got together and had warm fuzzies because God was there. I'm sorry, but there has to be an evangelistic move. People have to be getting saved. If God's there, He doesn't waste His time like that. People are going to come to Him and they're going to give their lives to the Lord. So don't ever listen to that hype if that's all it is. If you don't see people getting born again, then there's something wrong. That's your pastor saying that. You can take it or leave it, but I believe it's truth. Whether at home or in the church, we set the stage for this Shekinah glory to fall when we humble ourselves enough and begin to lift the name of Jesus, that name that is above all names. We do our part by admitting that we have a need for him. That last song we sang, it exemplified that so much. Through these actions, we help create an atmosphere where heaven pierces the darkness. It is in that atmosphere that God's people are nourished and encouraged and healed. I'd like to see that environment here in this place on Sundays and every day of the week. Wouldn't it be awesome if people were coming to me saying, hey, can I use the church? I just want to come in and just sit. sit. Can you do this at home? Yes. But there's just something about a place that this is reserved for God. Your home, you have all kinds of things going on there. Right? This is reserved for God. This is a holy place. That's how I see it. And there's just something about going to church that you feel the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. But it requires obedience. Say obedience. It requires sacrifice. Say sacrifice. Now put the two together. It requires obedience and sacrifice. Every person who considers the hope to be their local church must do their part. Let me ask you this. Are you hungry for the deeper things of God? If yes, are you willing to do your part to create this atmosphere that God the Holy Spirit is looking for? And by the way, let me separate personal and corporate. You could experience the Lord wherever you're at. God wants to fill you with His Spirit, and you can take Him with you. You are a temple of the Holy Ghost. He lives in you, right? But there's also something that happens when we come together corporately, where two or more gather in His name, 
What does the scripture say? He's in our midst. That's right. He's there. Listen to this. Atmosphere. The word atmosphere is a noun and it has two chief definitions according to the dictionary. Number one, the envelope of gases surrounding the earth or other planets. Number two, the pervading tone or the mood of a place. Keep those in mind. I want to look at each of these as they pertain to the spiritual atmosphere of this fellowship and any other. My son, Pastor Cameron, did a series many years ago, and he titled it Atmosphere. And he said this, he said, the atmosphere in our lives, and more specifically in the church, determines what thrives and what dies. The atmosphere in our lives, and more specifically in the church, determines what thrives and what dies. In other words, what we feed lives, what we don't feed dies. That's truth. We all contribute to what thrives and or what dies. Now this first definition of the atmosphere was the envelope of gases surrounding the earth. What does that do? What does that atmosphere do? Protects us from the bad elements, but it also retains the good. If it wasn't there, where would the oxygen go? Where would it be? I can't breathe. God knew what he was doing when he created the earth and the atmosphere that's around us. Similarly, by providing the right atmosphere for God's people, godly things will thrive. Are you with me still? And then our church becomes a place where God's presence lives. That where there are two or more gathered, He is here. Now I know, again, that uh, the Holy Spirit is in us, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying. There's something different about corporate worship. When we come together, where it's, whether it's a couple or a couple hundred, something happens in that environment. This is the scripture that I just shared. I also tell you this, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers... Anybody else paying attention? I am there among them. I want to see God show up in this place. We're putting the work in. Let's expect something supernatural to happen. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I can't say this enough. When God is in this place, people are set free from all those things that are holding them back. We all have a part to make the atmosphere a place where the church thrives. Matthew 6.33, this was Jesus giving us this advice. First from the NLT, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Now listen to the message from the same verse. Steep your life in God reality. God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. That's the kind of God we serve. And that's what he wants us to do. Put him first. If we put God first in our lives, if we really make him our focus, then he will provide all the right ingredients that will help make our atmosphere a place where we can thrive. He'll not only protect us and help us overcome the bad stuff, but he will also provide the good things that will nourish our spirit and help us mature and grow. How many leave here at the end of the service going, I'm glad I came. You know, you know that God touched you. And that's something that only the Holy Spirit can do. The second definition, according to that dictionary, has to do with the pervading tone or mood of a place. This is where it gets 
a little more connected with us. What do people experience or feel when they attend our church? A thriving church will possess certain qualities that are a, a product of having the right atmosphere. This is where all of us come in. Everybody here contributes. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a contributor. Whether positive or negative, don't tell them that. <laughs> For those who come in looking like a sour pickle, or doing ministry with the attitude, ah, that's good enough. What kind of atmosphere are you creating? For those who come in ready to get down to business, I'm smiling because this is what I'm hoping to see. That shows you believe in what's happening here. That shows that you aren't going to settle for just that little bit, that hors d'oeuvre. You want all that God has for you, and you're going to give Him your best to get there. Amen. And if every person does this, what happens to the church at large? People are going to come in this place and go, Whoa, man, I haven't experienced this before. Does this happen every Sunday? And we're going to be going, yeah. Now, I think we're almost there. We just need a little tweaking, a little correction in some of our attitudes. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to overemphasize uh, this, but that pace-setting leadership talks about this. And it's not only just for the church, it will change your life and your business. And whatever else you find yourself doing. I wanted to point somebody out at this, and there are many in this church who exemplify this kind of person. But Philip Matheny and his wife Vanessa, I don't see Vanessa today, she's out there at the hub, or, or whatever, we guest service now. But Philip when this guy greets people, how many have been greeted by Philip? And I forewarned him that we were going to pick on him today. But just to say this, I didn't realize how valuable he was because he spent almost two years in the, sound, in the live stream booth. You never saw him. <laughs> he, he's back in the catacombs over there where, where everybody at home is being blessed and then he got released from that and he came out here again and he started mingling and the first week I went oh my we needed him and then I watched he and his wife did this class for crown finance and it was uh, an elementary introduction to finance and it was six weeks, five weeks, it was five weeks. And this couple did amazing. Amen. Every week, they, they, had a, they put on a feast for everybody. They, they set the chairs up ahead of time. Everything was just right. The atmosphere was perfect for learning. And I stopped and I thought, I got to point this guy out because he is what, Pastor Dave and I call an extra miler. He doesn't settle. He and his wife didn't settle for just the, oh, it's okay, everything's fine, you know, let's just show up, let's just, hey, we might be a few minutes late. No, they were here early, they had it set up. When we came, we felt welcome, and we learned. Now, multiply that by all of us. If we did the ministries that God gave us to do that well, if we didn't settle for the mundane, but we wanted to do it as under the Lord, extra mile attitude, it will change the atmosphere of this church. Thanks, Phil. Philip. Vanessa, thank you for all that you guys do.
We must all do our part, and I am getting close to the end. We must all do our part to ensure that the atmosphere in our corporate worship is inviting, warm, and loving. And when each of us does our individual parts, the Holy Spirit's able to do so much more. He adds <laughs> the supernatural. To God be the glory. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Two action steps. What can we do? What is our part after listening to all this? First, say it. Thank you. Some of our songs talk about that, right? Lord, you're welcome here. Those that worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And I believe that what that truth means is we have to be open and honest with God. We can come in here and put on a facade for everybody else. You can't fool the Holy Spirit. So if you got stuff going on and you brought it with you, lay it down. Go to the altar. That's what this is for. And I, I know it's weird to get out of your seat and come up here because everybody else is, what are they doing? You know, we're all gawkers. You know what? We should all be right behind you. I saw some of you come up today and you worshiped God freely. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We saw that today. But if you've got baggage, get rid of it. Leave it here. Why, what are you taking it home for? Do you think that's what God wants you to do? No. This environment is such that He wants you to be free. So if you take it home, it's your own fault. Don't be that person. Get rid of it. Make an altar up here. Do whatever you got to do. But lay it down. Second, act like you want people to thrive at the hope. Now this is my feeling, and I hope you agree. We want our people to be set free from the burden of sin. That's a no-brainer here. I know there are churches today that don't preach about sin. Oh, I don't want to offend anybody. Well, you know what? I do. And I will. And whoever's in this pulpit better feel the same way because we are here to see people to get redeemed from the curse of the law. To be set free by the blood of Jesus. That's what we are all about. We want marriages and families to be restored. How many of you come in here week after week and you don't even get along with the person next to you? Well, what should you do? Hey, come on. I'm being serious, though. Lord, heal my marriage. I'm broken. I can't go home with this person feeling like this. And then we go out that stupid door, and we take it with us, that same bitterness, unforgiveness, unsettled grievance God doesn't want that for you whom the sun sets free is free indeed what are you doing taking this stuff home if you need help call us maybe you just need an outside perspective whatever it looks like sorry come off my preaching horse we want people to experience the presence of God when they come to the hope that Shekinah glory. Oh, I, I wish, I hope all of us experience that soon. Keep going after the Lord. And don't go after the, the what do you call it? The, the works. The physical stuff you can see. Go after Him. And that'll come. 
You know, I've, I've heard people that have said, yeah, I just want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, great. I just want to speak in tongues. Well, great. What do I do? Go after the Lord. Seek Him. Tell Him what you want more than anything. You want Him to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And He will. Finally, We want people to leave this church thinking, man, I can't wait till next Sunday. Look what the Lord has done. Isn't that our goal? To God be all the glory. If I sound like I want this for me, forgive me. Because that's not my heart. I want God everything he has for us and I think we've just been nipping at the, the very beginning stage of what it means to have the fullness of the Holy Spirit in this place but the more we go after him the more we learn the more that we pray together and praise together worshiping him worshiping the holy name of Jesus stand with me worshiping the holy name of Jesus the more that we do these things, the atmosphere begins to produce the Spirit of the living God shows up. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come, Holy Spirit. You are welcome here. For people to thrive, it takes all of us working together meaning that we are willing to sacrifice, to learn, to go beyond where we're at now. A lot of people have given up learning because, oh, hey, I'm over 60. What does that have to do with it? Did your brain stop yesterday? And I can preach this because I just finished my master's. And that's not, not to boast. I'm saying, if I can do it, I know you can. Because I'm nobody special. Yeah, it took work. But I wanted more of God. I wanted to understand Him more. And that's what I believe God wants in you and me, is just to be hungry, to learn more. Who is this God that I worship every Sunday? What does He have for me? I've been coming there just willing to take the little crumbs that fall off the table and I leave happy. But that's not enough. God wants to fill you up with His presence. Amen. And then you're going to take it out there. And it's going to spill on people. Do you remember Peter and John walking through the streets? Their very shadow, I could see my shadow, their very shadow went over people that needed healing and they were healed just from the shadow. That's what it means to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's what it means to have God living in you. <laughs> Lord, I'm done. I know you've got something for everybody here today. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, 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 Master, Savior, Prince of Peace, Mighty God. Lord, we need you. <clears throat> Fill us today with your Holy Spirit. Pour into us, Lord. Not that we can hold it for ourselves, but so that we can freely give it away. Help this church, Lord, to create an atmosphere that you find pleasing. Where you'll show up here in such a big way, people are just going to go, wow, 
God's in this place. That's my prayer. That's our prayer today. People need to hear good news. They need to experience you, Lord, and I pray that we would help them with that. Take the blinders off of our neighbors, our co-workers. Help them to be drawn, Lord, to Jesus. And help us to help them get there. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We just lift this place up to you in Jesus' name. Can we wait on him just for a minute? continue singing this song if you feel inclined to make an altar here please come maybe your marriage is is such that you just need god's intervention you don't know what's next if there isn't some kind of help you're not going to make it you know it maybe you just need more of him today maybe he's your god and you just want him to know that you want more. You, you don't want that little hors d'oeuvre. You want the full meal. Make an altar up here today. Tell him how much you love him, how much you need him. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, just invite him in today. If you're born again, just say, Jesus, fill me with the Holy Spirit. And if you're here today and you've been practicing that sloppy agape as I like to call it just doing things mundanely you want to change you want to start doing things extra mile you want to do it right because this is unto the Lord come on make an altar here ask the Lord to forgive you for making this thing what it is and ask for his help to help you to do your very best. My surrender. My surrender. Every weight, every sin. Every lie and every doubt. This is my surrender.
finished with us here. Help us to apply this message to each one of us today, Lord. To take it with us wherever we may serve, if it's not here in Gaylord, if it's not here at the Hope. Help us to be willing to pay the price, to linger at your feet, Lord. To be filled with the, the life that can only come from spending time with the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray you'll do things here at the Hope that need to be done. We pray that healings, signs and wonders, Lord, will follow. But most important, we pray, Lord, as we spend time with you, that you will be well-pleased, that you will be blessed. Yes, Lord. That's our prayer today. And, and again, we give you all the glory for everything that's accomplished yes, here. No man can boast, Lord. It's all you. Now help us as we go out of here today. Keep us safe in our coming and our going. Lord, again, I, I pray a special prayer for our ladies at Bear River that as they, uh, some of them move on, maybe this is their week, bless them. Help them to find a, a church that is so on fire for you, Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, they're going to be happy wherever they land. Guide them. And those that are still here, Lord, just fill them up afresh and anew this week with your Spirit. We all need it. We commit this body of believers into your hands. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You're welcome to stay up here and, and pray. Otherwise, you're really...